0: Yeah, that's right. It's your boy. <laughs> Horribly dummy and mad thick all rolled into one. Um, so, yeah, this is the second week of my Disney movie marathon ranking results podcast. Um, if in case this is your first time listening, which shame on you. Um, in case you didn't listen to last week's episode, uh, about a month or two ago, I asked for everyone's favorite Disney movies on my Instagram and I got about 26 responses. And so I took to Disney plus and I have been listening, not listening. I've been watching, um, all 26 Disney movies. And so I ranked them using a rubric that I created, and so from 26 to 1, I have ranked, well, all 26 Disney movies. Last week, I covered movies 26 through 20, Um, and then this week, we will see where I get to. Uh, Before I start, let me go ahead and... Go over the rubric once again, in case someone forgets. Uh, I rank these movies based on 12 categories of criteria. First is plot, which I rank out of 10. Protagonists get five. Characters overall, I rank out of 10. Animation is ranked out of five, um, unless it's a live action movie. If it's a live action movie, I rank the acting out of five. Overall design gets a 10. Music, 10. Game-changer, 10. The game-changer being uh, kind of like the plot twist or the, uh, the climax of conflict in which it changes the mood of the movie or reveals new information that somehow changes, um, well, the plot. Uh, Redemption, which is the solution to the game-changer. Humor gets 5. Character development gets 10. Emotional investment gets 5. And the antagonist gets 10. The reason that antagonists are ranked higher than protagonists is because I'm of the school of thought that antagonists make the movie. So a movie can only be as good as, you know, the bad guy. (sighs) All right, then. That being said, I have one warning for you all. Be prepared! Yeah, I know. This is all super cheesy. Um, But if you were able to withstand last week, then, uh... You should be fine this week. Um, so, yeah, next up with the 19th spot out of 26 is Lion King. <laughs> with a score of 92 out of 100. Um, let me start by saying um, that when I was talking about liking Wally more than other movies, I watched Wally first. Wally was the first movie. And then Lion King. And I felt bad because I gave Lion King a higher score than Wally. But I really, really, really loved Wally. Um, so I felt kind of guilty in that way. Um, anyway, the plot for Lion King gets a 10 out of 10. The characters, 8 out of 10. The protagonist, 4 out of 5. Animation, 5 out of 5. Overall design, 10 out of 10. I thought that uh, the landscapes and such were just phenomenal. The music, top tier, 10 out of 10. Game Changer gets a 9 out of 10. The Redemption also gets a 9 out of 10. The humor is a 3 out of 5. Character development, 9 out of 10. Emotional investment, 5 out of 5. And the antagonist, a 10 out of 10. Because Scar is just such a good villain. Um, Characters, okay, let me start by saying this. Almost everything that I say, like every fault that I found with this movie has something to do with Simba. And I feel kind of bad about that. Although I, I guess I really shouldn't. Uh, like I counted off two because Simba Loki, holds this movie back. And he is also the protagonist. So I counted one off. Um, the character development got a 9 out of 10 because of Simba. Like he's still a child to me even when he defeats scar at the end i just don't see a lot of growth um maybe i'm missing something you know i don't know maybe i'm jaded um the game changer i wrote one of the top scenes of betrayal in history what keeps it from being a perfect score (laughs) is mufasa's inability to even attempt to jump to the same platform his son was on um I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're like, wow, you're really just being ridiculous. But, I mean, think about it. Mufasa had enough power to put Simba on that platform. And it's a huge platform. You know, if you go back and watch the movie, there's plenty of room on there. He had enough power to jump up onto the side of this um, decline and crawl his way up. But he didn't have enough power to jump onto a lower platform where his son was on it just didn't make any sense so I kind of off on point maybe um, maybe I'm just being picky but uh, I really had a problem with that not even going to front no cap uh, the redemption it's a nine out of ten. I wrote why didn't the other hyenas jump in on the final fight um, I guess I'm referring to the um, the fight between scar. And um, and Simba, you know why did why did they let that just be a one-on-one fight and then only join in after the fact to get Scar? It didn't make any sense to me. Um, animals are animals, you know. Even though this movie depicted them as being smarter than average animals, they also you know have animal instincts. They should have just known to jump in. Um humor, I give it a three out of five. I wrote It Wasn't a Funny Movie. Timon and Pumba plus three. <laughs> because they're really the comedic aspect of this movie in general, like they are the comedy of this movie. Like I said, I was getting burnt out watching these Disney movies. And um you know, when you get burnt out on things like this. <laughs> we gotta <laughs> I am cracking myself up here. Um, Next up, at 18 out of 26, we have Princess and the Frog, which is also another one of my favorites that I watched, Um, with a 92 out of 100. Plot, 10 out of 10. The protagonist, 5 out of 5. Strong black female leads. Uh, Characters overall, 10 out of 10. Animation, 5 out of 5. Overall design, 10 out of 10. Really made you want to go to New Orleans. Uh, Music, 10 out of 10, as you just heard. Uh, Game Changer, 7 out of 10. The Redemption, 10 out of 10. The Humor, 3 out of 5. Character Development, 9 out of 10. Emotional Investment, 5 out of 5. And The Antagonist, an 8 out of 10. For a score of 92 out of 100. Um. So really my first problem. Is the game changer. Uh. I wrote. Kinda. Kinda. Sudden. And unfulfilled. It feels empty. But the dramatic irony. Is still very good. What was I talking about? <laughs> like I really wish I had wrote down some context. Cause I wrote. It was also one of the first movies that I watched. Um. So I wish that I had wrote down some uh, context. I think that I'm referring to when um, Prince Naveen gets kidnapped um, off the boat. Um, And that's why it's kind of sudden. Because they all think that he ran away. And to become a human, once again, become a prince. Uh, but we know otherwise, because we know that he was kidnapped and whatnot. Um, and it just feel sudden. Like, there's just... They just give up. And... Yeah. Uh, the Redemption... I wrote, also sudden, but refreshing, that the protagonist and the antagonist never meet until this part. Ray's sacrifice is Hard-hitting and their satisfaction with staying frogs is sweet If you've never seen this movie, I apologize. You can close your ears for like the next 45 seconds um I wrote that it was also sudden because it's just like Tiana and Dr. Facilier are just all of a sudden, you know there and they haven't met one time throughout this entire movie until the very end, and it's the final conflict. Um, like I said, sacrifice sacrifices hard-hitting. You know, he, um, I don't know, I cried. Um, Tiana and Prince Naveen's satisfaction with staying frogs is just super sweet, because they spend the whole movie you know, trying to fight to get back to being humans and they have their own dreams. Tiana wants to open up a restaurant. Prince Naveen eventually wants to help her open this restaurant. You know, he's fallen in love with her. He wants to spend his life with her. And then when it becomes, you know, clear to them that they're not going to be able to go back to being human, they don't sit around and mope about it. They're just like, you know what, this is fine because I love you, you love me, we'll just get married, we'll live our lives as frogs. And, you know, that's just kind of... The thing it is, like it sounds ridiculous repeating it out loud and talking to myself into a microphone. But that's just, I don't know, it just comes off really sweet. And um, I liked it a lot. And it turns out that, you know, them kissing each other t- turned out to be, you know, the kiss that needed to happen in order for, you know, them to turn back to being human. Um, which almost defeats the purpose of the movie. But I can overlook it because of, you know, how ridiculous everything else is that's going on. Um, Humor, I gave it a 3 out of 5. There are some things that are funny, some things that, you know... The movie itself doesn't try to be funny a lot of the time, but it's a good movie regardless. Um, The Antagonist, I give an 8 out of 10. I loved Dr. Facilier as the villain, but, I wrote, we don't know much about him and that is my main gripe is that we have no backstory we don't know how we don't know how he got his magic we don't know how he became ensnared with his friends on the other side it's just kind of yeah he's a bad guy he does magic things he wants to be rich he wants to rule new orleans and that's all we get you know we don't know anything else about him and I feel like this movie could have benefited from establishing some kind of backstory in that way. Um, but yeah, I really put a lot of time and effort into this um, this list. But who cares? No big deal. All right then, never mind. Uh, next up is The Little Mermaid, at number seventeen, with a score of 93 out of 100. The plot, nine out of 10. Characters overall, 10 out of 10. Protagonists, five out of five. The animation gets a three out of five. Overall design, 10 out of 10. Music, 10 out of 10. Game changer, 10 out of 10. Redemption, 10 out of 10. Humor, two out of five. Character development, nine out of 10. Emotional investment, five out of five. And the antagonist, that dastardly devil Ursula, gets a 10 out of 10. Um, I can't remember what my problem with... Problem... Not parabola. My problem with the plot was... um, To give it a 9 out of 10, I think that it was just simple. I think that's what my main problem was. It was just simple. Um, The animation... Okay, so... I don't know what their rationale behind this was, but literally, Ariel and the Prince had completely different animation styles than almost every, everything else in the movie. Everything else looked fantastic, except Ariel and the Prince. I don't understand it. They looked terrifying half the time. Like I just didn't understand it. Um, so that was my main problem with the animation, is why I got a 3 out of 5. Um, everything else was fantastic, except the two main characters of the movie. The Game Changer. I wrote, Ursula is quite good. Doesn't outright break the deal, but makes it so that Ariel can't keep her half of the bargain. Triton's sacrifice is good too, especially considering the parallels. Um, the Game Changer being... Um, Okay, so let me say I don't think that I have ever watched The Little Mermaid all the way through Ever And if I have, I was really, really young So the ending of the movie was To me, completely new Um, So the game changer Was when Ursula transformed into a woman And used Ariel's voice box Or I guess... Magic conch um, <laughs> To pretend to be The person that saved the prince On the beach But the conch was also enchanted To make the prince fall in love with Ursula I think that was a little bit extra And not necessary But you know I'm not Ursula She has her own thinking um, The deal was That if Ariel. Could make the prince fall in love with her and, you know, kiss him within three days without using her voice, then um, she could keep her legs and I think, get her voice back, but I'm not entirely sure on that. And Ursula, seeing that she's actually about to do this, is like, "No. So she just pretends to be the woman that saved the prince and gets the prince to marry her, thereby making it nearly impossible. For Ariel to keep her into the bargain. So that way Ursula could keep her soul. Um, I said Triton's sacrifice is good too. Because, you know, Ariel ends up not being able to keep her half of the bargain. And so Triton is like, you can't have my daughter. I'll give you my soul instead. uh, Which I thought was really cool. Considering at the beginning of the movie, the whole thing that sets this thing in motion. Is when Triton discovers Ariel's collection. Of knickknacks from the um the upper world or like the surface um and he destroys it this was after he said that humans were monsters and they destroyed things and then he ends up destroying his daughter's like belongings that she loved like that was her treasures um And that's why I said, especially considering the parallel, because he ended up sacrificing himself in order to save his daughter. Um, The Redemption. I wrote that Eric driving the same boat from the beginning of the movie into Ursula's chest was nice. Nothing wrong with this. Enough said. Uh, The humor just wasn't there for me. Um, I don't think there actually was any outright attempts at humor. But there were a couple of times where, you know, you could definitely tell that they wanted something to be funny, and that was funny. But there just weren't a lot of t- attempts at making things funny. If you love a sea Shanty, this is for you. It's the life of a pirate for me. Oh, the life of a pirate for me. And that's all you get. Coming in next, at number 16 out of 26, we have Peter Pan, another quintessential classic with a score of 93 out of 100. The plot, 10 out of 10. Characters overall, nine out of 10. Protagonist, five out of five. Animation, five out of five. Overall design, a 10 out of 10. Music, 10 out of 10. Game changer, seven out of 10. Redemption, nine out of 10. Humor, five out of five. Character development, eight out of 10. Emotional investment, 5 out of 5. The antagonist... Hook. 10 out of 10. For an overall score of 93 out of 100. First off, characters overall, the reason why I gave it a 9 out of 10. My note says, I don't understand Wendy. Because in the very beginning of the movie, she is a child. She's happy being a child. Um... And when her father says, we're going to put you in your own room, she's like, oh, no, why? And she wants to cling to being a child. But then, you know, she gets to Neverland. She's like, I'm ready to be an adult. Somebody has to be an adult. And um, and then she once again, you know, at the end of the movie, she tells her dad, I'm ready to be an adult. So it doesn't make any sense to me why she would initially you know, protest against this. She's still a child. She has no concept of being an adult outside of like her mother. So I don't know. I just, I just she just doesn't make any sense to me. And she's also like saying super advanced human things or um, super advanced adult things like wanting to kiss Peter Pan or, um, it's just weird to me. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm saying I'm way too much The Game Changer said 7 out of 10 I wrote, good in concept The whole hideout was burnt and destroyed But Peter was fine Questionable, minus 1 for that Also, those boys try to join Hook's crew way too fast Fake, minus 2 And I kind of went back and forth in that last bit Talking about the boys being fake The lost boys Because uh, Hook tries to recruit them to join his crew And He makes it sound like really fun And they're all like Oh yeah, I want to join And it makes zero sense Because the kids hate adults They don't want to grow up They're lost boys for a reason And so you know They've been fighting Hook for so long Why would they join him? As joyfully as they were about to. The only reason they didn't was because Wendy was like, Boys, why would you do that? You know? Um, it just doesn't make any sense. They're fake. And I went back and forth on that because I was like, Okay, they're children. You know, they don't know better. But they've been fighting Hook forever. You know, for who knows how long. And they're just like, Yeah, okay, we'll join. It doesn't make any sense. So I gave it a seven out of ten. The redemption, um I wrote, Tinkerbell should have died there. I said it. Let it go. Or at least been heavily injured. Pixie dust or no pixie dust, that was a whole ass bomb. You know, that was a bomb that she was holding point blank range. Peter Pan was fine. The whole hideout was trashed. I mean, the tree was just burnt and she was fine. It doesn't make any sense, you know, they teased at the end, um or not at the end, but after the bomb went off, Peter Pan was like, "I can't leave you, and he was like don't don't let don't let your light shine or light die or whatever, and I was like, "Oh man, you know she may be really hurt, and she was fine. It doesn't make any sense. A lack of consistency, it's a bomb that she was holding, and she was fine. Because the next scene, she was just out flying around. It made me upset. <laughs> the lack of consistency. Character development, I gave it an 8 out of 10 because Peter Pan is a child. And it, I mean, that's just who he is. That's why he's a good protagonist because he's just a child clinging on to his childhood. But the character development, he is the reason why it's an 8 out of 10 because Wendy wanted to go home. And the only reason he took her home was because, um, she wanted to go home. And that was it. Like, there wasn't, um, he didn't have sympathy for her and understand that she had a family and that she had parents that she wanted to go home to. He was just like, yeah, let's just take you home. It doesn't make any sense. Um, he... He's a good protagonist, don't get me wrong But as a character in general As it pertains to the story I feel like he's a little bit too flawed In that way Um, one thing that I thought was really funny That music people Will understand is that in the beginning of the movie There's a pirate that's singing And he's in the middle of his Cadenza when Captain Hook Shoots him And um Shmi, he points out. He says, "Oh, Captain Hook shooting a man in the middle of his cadenza—that's poor form." You know, that's a that's a funny music joke because he couldn't finish the cadenza, and it was poor form. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh-huh. Um, another thing that I noticed that I just wanted to point out was that all of the men in cr- <clears throat> Hook's crew. They were literally designed the exact same way, excluding Smee. And let me say this. Hook is designed the exact same way as the rest of his crew, outside of, like, his facial shape. But he literally has the same template design as the rest of his crew. The only person who looks different is Smee. And I just wanted to point that out. It's not really important to the context of the story. (sighs) Okay, guys, I have a um, really serious question. Um, If you had the chance to change your fate, would you? (laughs) Would you? (laughs) I thought about doing the... um, Oh, what's it called? The deep fried version of that. But I'm afraid that if someone is listening to this while they're driving... It would scare them, and they would would crash. If you had the chance to change your fate, would you? Would you? Next up is Brave. (laughs) Coming in 15th out of 26 with a score of 93. Uh, The plot, 8 out of 10. Protagonist, 5 out of 5. Characters overall, 10 out of 10. Animation style, 5 out of 5. Overall design, 10 out of 10. <laughs> Would you? Alright. Okay. Mm, I'm good. Music, 8 out of 10. Game changer, 10 out of 10. The Redemption, 9 out of 10. Humor, 5 out of 5. <laughs> Crap, it wasn't good. ah uh. Character development, 10 out of 10. If you had the chance to change your fate, would you? <laughs> <sighs> oh, okay. All right. Emotional investment, 4 out of 5. And 10 out of 10. The plot I wrote, how did the witch know about her family problems, but not know who she was? Um, this is referring to in the beginning when Merida uh, goes to f- <laughs> goes to find the witch. And she finds well she isn't looking for the witch she just finds her. And she's like I need a potion or something to make my mom change her mind. Or something along to that effect. Um, and the witch is like I don't even know you how do you like how, how are you going to pay for this? Which is understandable. And then later on, when her mom, when Merida and her mom go back to find the witch, they find the, the place and they find the cauldron with the, um, the automated voice message system. And the witch is like, you must seal the bond or um, whatever it is. But how does she know now, like, what the problem was? But she didn't know before. It, it, it just seems convenient. Um, music, I gave it an eight out of 10. I'm not a huge fan of the Irish jigs being used in here. I mean, it makes sense given the context of the the movie. Um, but I'm just not a fan. Game changer. I wrote, it makes sense in my mind that the brothers just understand that the bear is their mother, their children. Um, this kind of goes along with, I may have said this in the last podcast, I may have said this earlier on in this podcast, um, there are some things that I can excuse, and this is one of them, because, you know, they're children, of course they're going to believe that their mother got turned into a bear. They're, I mean, their imagination runs wild, and especially considering that their parents both have told them about magic and, and all that stuff, so they're just kind of like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, we want to help. Um, Redemption I gave it a 9 out of 10 I wrote What doesn't make sense Is that we're supposed to believe In this universe with magic and potions That Vargas can't see That the bear Was his wife He What did I write there I think I wrote, he didn't love her enough. Yeah, I think that's what I wrote. Um, so yeah. I mean, the boys were able to believe that it was their mother, but Fargus couldn't look at his wife in the eyes and be like, Whoa, wait a minute, you know, uh, the way that this bear is looking at me is kind of familiar, you know, um if they believe in true love and magic and all that stuff, then why wasn't this out of the realm of possibility I and mean, just raise some questions for me in terms of believability, I suppose. And yeah, the antagonist, I uh, can't leave that out. The bear, um, I can't remember his name, but he was that former prince that turned into a bear because he wanted complete power. He wanted to rule his country, and then his country ended up turning to dust because, yeah, because he was a bear now. Um, I actually ended up reading more on his backstory, and it's really interesting. Um, He actually had, like, his own short series or short film, I think, that Pixar decided to do. That I appreciated a whole lot. Up next is a uh, movie that I really like. What else Ratatouille. And if so You have great taste uh, Coming in next At a score of 94 We have Ratatouille Um Plot 9 out of 10 Characters 9 out of 10 The protagonist 5 out of 5 Animation 5 out of 5 I thought it was phenomenal Overall design Also phenomenal 10 out of 10 music superb 10 out of 10 game changer 10 out of 10 redemption 8 out of 10 humor 5 out of 5 character development 10 out of 10 emotional investment 5 out of 5 the antagonist 8 out of 10 um i really really like this movie like a lot I wish that it, I could have rated it higher than a 94 because I really just like it that much. But that being said, this movie did a really good job of making every character feel like they had a backstory, especially because of Colette. Colette's um, little speech about every, what every character had been through to get them to that kitchen. Um, I thought it was very nice. Uh, the music was phenomenal Like you just heard Le Reston, Ah man I just love it It's so nice I, just, I could just listen to it all day The Game Changer Give it a 10 out of 10 My notes say Linguini comes clean As he was supposed to The chefs react accordingly They got out of there This was all sensible and a predictable crash to the unrealistic high our protagonists were on. Our protagonists being uh, Linguini and Remy. Um, So yeah, finally, Linguini has to come clean. He tells the the kitchen crew that it's been a rat the whole time. The rat's been the one that helped him cook. He has no talent. Um, And they all react accordingly and they leave like what any sane person would do. I saw nothing wrong with this. The redemption, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Let me tell you why. Uh, I wrote that I love that the rats come to help, but it makes zero sense how. At first, Remy was the only rat that knew how to cook, but now they all do. It doesn't make any sense. Um, And I also wrote, and I thought Linguini was uncoordinated. Uh, This comes back to when... Linguini says oh man we need somebody to wait tables like okay yeah good idea and so he just slaps on some skates and starts skating around like it's the 80s like where did he learn to do that we don't know like he spent almost the whole movie being super uncoordinated and untalented and then he just all of a sudden throws on some skates and he is like a simone biles level athlete it makes zero sense um The antagonist. I don't consider Anton Ego to be the antagonist. I consider Skinner, Chef Skinner, uh, to be the main antagonist, mainly because he spends this whole movie just being a real dick. Um, I gave him an 8 out of 10 because he captures Remy and then he's like, You're going to help me come up with a line of frozen foods. You know, he spends half of this movie trying to get back his restaurant. And I guess he just decides that he can make more money in frozen foods than a gourmet restaurant. It doesn't make any sense. His character motivation is a little bit lacking there. Um, So, this whole experience has been a little bit of a. (laughs) Haha, did it again. Um, If you recognize that song, you will know that. At number 13 on our list of out of 26, we are at the halfway point. It is Lilo and Stitch, a certified smart movie with a score of 95 out of 100. Um, love this movie. Doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, growing up, it was my favorite movie, or one of my favorite movies, along with the series. It was one of my favorite things to watch on TV. Uh, the plot gets a 10 out of 10. Characters overall get a nine out of ten the protagonist gets a five out of five animation five out of five overall design 10 out of 10 music a 10 out of 10 i love the elvis callbacks uh game changer gets a nine out of 10 redemption gets a 10 out of 10 humor gets a five out of five like i said super smart movie makes really makes a whole lot of fun of itself and just how ridiculous it all is Character development gets a 10 out of 10. Emotional investment gets a 5 out of 5. And the antagonist gets a 7 out of 10 for an overall score of 95 out of 100. Um, Let's start at the top with the characters overall. They're all a little dumb. And that's my note. They're all just kind of dumb. Like, how do you not realize that this blue animal is not an animal? Like, animals aren't blue. There's no way in hell I would believe that that's a dog. Couldn't pay me. Um, the plot is super strong. You know, it's a sister and her other younger sister, and they're both just trying to take care of each other because their parents passed away. And the older sister is trying to do what she can But the younger sister is just so weird She's struggling with, like, people leaving her and stuff And, you know, the real twist here Is the idea that the sister, the younger sister Is the one that would end up having to leave Because, you know, um, the, 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 what's it called? Child Protective Services, you know They end up coming to take her away um, so that's a really heartfelt twist. The overall design merely makes you want to go to Hawaii. The game changer, the 9 out of 10. Um, I wrote Jumba's alignment is inconsistent. What exactly does he want? It's very unclear. The game changer being when Jumba um, invades Lilo's house to get Stitch. Or Experiment Sixty Six, um, And he just starts shooting up the place. You know, he's destroying everything. But we don't know exactly why he even wants Experiment 626. Like, we don't know if he's good. We don't know if he's bad. I mean, he's doing a lot of bad things. But when Stitch is like, hey, will you help me get this girl back? Jumba's like, okay. And that's it. And that's all he has to say about it. And he just tells um, the octopus guy, I can't remember his name. It's been too long since I've watched this movie. Um, I did watch it for this marathon, but it's just been a minute. Um, He just tells him, no, he's very persuasive. Like, what? Like, you're an evil scientist, a mad scientist, and you're just like, yeah, he's pretty persuasive. All right, then. Um, So I just counted off one point for that his alignment was just a little bit too inconsistent for me. Redemption. give gave it a 10 out of 10. I wrote, I thought that the fighting was cool. The arrest was emotional because it's a callback to the very beginning when stitch is on trial in front of the galactic, whatever they are. Um, and the emperor, I guess is what you would call her. She's really just the head of the thing. Um, she's like, if you can say anything to show that you understand, um, We'll let you live And he like Essentially says something um, Super obscene And explicit And then somebody throws up And they're like Oh You're evil And then they decide to kill him Like send him away Um, Cause he's apparently indestructible Um, And then At the end of the movie At the arrest um, He's in chains and he asks the Emperor Lady He's like, can I go say goodbye? And she's like, what? Can you go say goodbye? And he's like, yeah, to my family And it's like, wow The character development is just insane Because he starts off the movie He's this ultimate killing machine Indestructible He's super smart Smarter than a supercomputer And, you know, he's lonely You know, once he finds... Once he has nothing else to destroy, or he just doesn't want to destroy anymore, what then? And that's kind of his conflict throughout this movie. Is you know, does he just want to be a destroyer or does he want to be anything more? And I think that's really cool. Um So yeah. The antagonist. Gone to Captain Gontu which we find out in the series that he's actually a double agent um but here he's just kind of dumb <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's my main complaint about a lot of things during this marathon is that people and some things are just dumb and Gontu is no exception um he just constantly fails and keeps coming back and it's like okay fine whatever um like, he also doesn't even realize that Stitch got away. And why would he grab Lilo? It doesn't make any sense. His motivations are a little bit skewed. So, there's that. Oh, well, that's the sign of Thor um, coming in to save the day. All right. So, yeah. Now, moving on to the above 95 ratings, we're in the top 13. Coming in at number 12, we have Thor Ragnarok. Surprisingly, this was the only Marvel movie, but I guess when I asked for a Disney movie, people thought that it was like original Disney and not um, acquisitions. Anyway, coming in with 96, we have plot, 9 out of 10. Characters overall, 10 out of 10. Protagonists, 5 out of 5. Acting, 5 out of 5. Overall design, 10 out of 10. Music, 10 out of 10. Game changer, 9 out of 10. Redemption, 10 out of 10. Humor, 5 out of 5. Character development, 9 out of 10. Emotional investment, 4 out of 5. And the antagonist, a 10 out of 10. Um... Really, I can't remember why I keep giving these plots a 9 out of 10. I wish I had written these things down. Um, characters overall, I felt like everybody played their roles. Um, Hulk was, you know, Hulk. He was comedic. He was the the strength. Thor was the prince that was trying to regain his kingdom, avenge his father, which his father never, like, he wasn't killed, but... You know, he was trying to protect his father's legacy. Um, He was trying to find his own legacy. Um, That's why I gave him a 5 out of 5. Solid acting. It wouldn't be a Marvel movie otherwise. Design was fantastic. Asgard is beautiful. Music, 10 out of 10, which most of it wasn't like music, music. It was just background instrumentals, which I thought they all sounded good. They served their purpose the game changer i wrote this is tough could the game changer be the beginning of the movie there's not really a moment after on so maybe someone should know about asgard right okay um so yeah i the reason i asked if the game changer was at the beginning of the movie was because there's not really a moment later on where things just change drastically you know very early on we see the main conflict and that's it and then we get the redemption later on in the movie um i said someone should know about asgard because when thor lands on the uh, the junk planet with the uh, the contest of champions somehow some way the collector doesn't know anything about asgard you know it doesn't make any sense um, if he is supposed to be around that long and has seen that many fighters come through, he should at least have some knowledge of Asgard. But uh, he doesn't, so I counted off a point for that. Redemption, I gave it a 10 out of 10. I wrote, Thor can use lightning without the hammer. Genius. That's what I wrote. Um, yeah, and that's pretty cool. Because ever since we've seen Thor, we've seen that his power is in his hammer. And uh, his dad brings up a really funny point uh, when he says that, um, Are you the god of hammers? No. You know, he's the god of thunder. And so he can use lightning without the hammer. I thought that was pretty cool. Character development. The only thing keeping this away from being a 5 or a, a 10 out of 10 is Thor. Because Thor is, well, he's about like Peter Pan in a way. That's just kind of his character. Um, He's just... blunt, and to the point, and kind of ditzy, and kind of self-centered. And that's why I couldn't give it a 10 out of 10, because he just didn't change enough for me. He did figure out a lot of things, but his main personality flaws are still there. This next movie... Um, it's actually kind of amazing and equal parts frustrating that this movie came out in 1995 and people are still struggling with some of the concepts that this movie presents. Uh, I'm just going to let I'm just going to let my girl Pocahontas talk about it. You think the only people who are people are the people who look and think like you but if you walk the footsteps of a stranger You'll learn things you never knew, you never knew. And there's just so much more. It's not even just that one song. It's the whole soundtrack of Pocahontas that is just outrageously relevant. And it's all just so good. It all sounds good. It, it, um, in the movie, it looks good. I mean, <sighs> Pocahontas is just such a good movie. That being said... Plot, 8 out of 10. Protagonist, 5 out of 5. Characters overall, 9 out of 10. Animation style, 5 out of 5. Overall design, 10 out of 10. Music, 10 out of 10. Game changer, 10 out of 10. Redemption, 9 out of 10. Humor, complicated. Character development, 10 out of 10. Emotional investment, 5 out of 5. Antagonist, 10 out of 10. Now, let me explain something. There is no humor in this movie. To me. There's nothing funny. Um, The movie itself is more about the messages that it presents than it is about any kind of joke. Which is why I wrote a not applicable, rather than a 5 or a 0, I could have rated it a 91 out of 95 about, like I hit Fantasia. Um, I wrote non-applicables on almost every category. But for this, this movie, it didn't need humor. The movie was fantastic without it. And I think that's why I left it at 96 out of 100. Because it does just fine on its own. Uh, The plot... I had to fight my own personal bias in this movie because I don't like John Smith. I don't like the idea that Disney wanted to portray John Smith as being this loving guy, um, who came to America and consensually took Pocahontas to be his wife. Because if, if we think about history, this probably is not the way it went down. No, no, in all honesty, that's, this is just this is a Romeo and Juliet esque version of historical events, and that's why I gave the plot an eight out of ten. Probably, game changer it was a ten out of ten. I wrote little Romeo and Juliet. I saw it coming. The killing of Coquiom, still good. Savages was a banger. And I will stand by this because savages is the song that the the Native Americans and the uh the settlers sang while they were preparing for war, and it's partially a banger because the cultural um cultural aspect where both sides believe the other are savages, and it's a lot like um it's a lot like There was another movie that I watched in this marathon that was along the same lines, and it was just so good, the parallels, because both sides have a lot of things that they don't understand about the other side, and so they villainize and make the other side seem evil and like they're savages. And Pocahontas brings up the same thing in this song, Colors of the Wind, at the very beginning, when she tells John Smith, she's like, uh, you call us savages, but you've been... And you've been everywhere and seen a lot of things. So you may be right. But how can we be savages if there's still so much that you don't know? And, I mean, I... Uh, I wanted to reach through the screen and just give her a high five. Because that is just bars. Um, the Redemption. I counted off one point for the sudden arrival of the Indians and the parentheses, real savages showing up at the same place. The colonizers shouldn't have known where to go. At the end of Savages, both groups show up at this hill where they're about to assassinate, or not assassinate, they're about to sacrifice John Smith for killing Kokowum. Um, even though he's not the one who killed Kokowum, it was the uh, the red-haired chap from uh, Britain, which I liked that guy, but he did mm, him he did what he thought was right But uh Questionable And they showed up at the same place at the same time And there's no way they could have known Where they were going to do it And I can't just draw it up to circumstance Like I said there's some things that I can excuse That it's just not one of them Um Emotional investment This is another movie that I hadn't seen the ending of Um The antagonist I gave a 10 out of 10 Because it's complicated Because um, I guess the real antagonist Was the um, The governor guy But I think the real The real real antagonist Was um, Just ignorance And not wanting to take the time To understand And that's just something that we still work We're still working on This movie was made in 1995 and they were talking about something that was in the 15 to 1600s, so I think this is definitely a conversation that is still ongoing and still a problem that we uh, have to keep open. And um, yeah, oh, this is the ending song. Well, that's all the time that I have for this week. We are in the bottom ten. So next week, we're going to put a nice bow on this, and I will reveal my top ten picks. Until then, have a good week.